When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, and Megan coming to you. We are now six, seven, eight games into the season for most teams. Uh, and it's it's enough of a, a distance to make wild speculation about what's real and what's not in the NHL. Yeah, I would I would like to add that uh, uh, we had a commenter last night say that our preseason comments about the Rangers were whack and that they look legit. And uh, even last night, I acknowledged, wow, they look pretty good. Uh, and then you wake up to morning, uh, you wake up this morning and you go and you look at, yeah, they're in sixth you, place in the Metro. You go and look at the standings and they're in sixth place in their division. So, uh, Early and like, season is fun. like there's no separation, right? Like they're, they're tied with Philadelphia, but they're three, two and two through seven games. So it's like, they've lost more games than they've won. Yep. Uh, like. Not a great look for them. It's well, it's just kind of funny the way that perception works, right? Because it's like, yeah, I, I agreed. I thought the you look at the Rangers last night and you're like, damn, that was a great hockey game. They should be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they're sixth, tied with New Jersey and Washington and Philadelphia. A pack of teams we definitely thought would be together this year. Yep. So no, and and definitely a lot of people, time. I've seen a lot more of people going all in on the first two weeks of this regular season. So I just thought it would be fun to talk about it today. It it would be. Uh, it'll be fun guessing what the realities are of the league and then everything will change again in two weeks. So, Yeah. I, pay, I pulled a handful of topics. Uh, I probably could have done more, but I didn't want to keep repeating the same, like, do we think this team is a playoff <laughs> team actually? Like, I just you didn't want to have... 10 conversations that were exactly the same. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, anyway. Cool. I also have some topics, but I'll save mine. Okay. I like your background. What is it? Uh, I googled anime fictitious background city. And this is what I got. Okay. Look, we're doing fact or fiction, so I wanted to type in fiction and see what happened. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a cool answer for you. I'm Sorry. following the line of logic. I was just curious. 
Yeah, I don't I don't have like oh it's from this thing. No, I have no idea. Yeah, I had no follow up. I was it was just curiosity that drove me there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm not sure what to tell you on that one. Uh hopefully it's more fake than Val Nachushkin is fake. <laughs> yeah. I mean I guess we could start there. Do you want to just start with the title? Okay. What what is that monkey from? That is Bigfoot, supposedly. That is Bigfoot wearing glasses. Okay. okay. I'm a big fan of the idea that Bigfoot is wandering around wearing sunglasses that he stole off of somebody he just murdered. <laughs> what is this? I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess he could have just oh. found them. <laughs> no, there's no shot he didn't murder someone for those. Facts. Fact on Bigfoot and Bigfoot murdering people. That's where I'm at right now. Okay. Uh but but no. Valnachushkin, twelve points in seven games, seven goals. Is it gonna lead the Avs in goals this year? Facts or fiction? <sighs> Who's gonna spoil it? Look, I'm the I'm the one everybody already hates, so it's fine. Uh, I'll say I'll say it's fiction. Uh, I'll say it's a really hot start, but at some point, Rantanen and McKinnon start to start to get the goal clip up a little bit, uh, and that they chase him down and surpass him. Uh, they're better shooters. They're better finishers. It should really be Miko Rantanen every year. Uh, as the top goal scorer on this team. He's, in my opinion, their most talented finisher, their most talented shooter. Uh, has the widest arsenal uh, to, beat goalie, to, to beat goalies, but seems less interested than ever in utilizing any of it. So um, I, will, I will say I think it's fiction. I think one of the two big guys uh, eventually catches him and, and passes him, but I am a believer that He's going to make it interesting. I think it's fiction too, but I think he's up there among points leaders and right behind whoever the leading goal scorer ends up being. I think the opportunity will continue to be top six minutes, top power play minutes. So he's definitely going to give somebody a run for their money, but... I expect him to just have a slightly different role than leading gold scorer. I do also think that there's a chance for this because they are more top heavy right now than they were in the last couple of years. Um, they don't have a, is there enough, you know, are there enough pucks to go around problem as you did when there was a Kadri and a Burakovsky hanging around um, and so I wonder if they're, if they're that top heavy, they're the only guys who are getting your goals, uh, then I think that it increases the chance that something like that, you know, that, that new could just stave them off if they're the only ones who are scoring, you know, <laughs> if, if he's on the top power play all unit or uh, top power play unit all year and he's standing in front and he's tipping all of Ranton and McKinnon shots and stealing all their goals. Well, <laughs> well, that's kind of the problem for me on why I think it's fiction. The PP isn't going to stay at 50% efficiency (laughs) for 
five of his seven goals have come on the power play, and that's going to slow yeah. down whether you want it to or not. Um, yep. So I, I do think that's working against him. I also think it's great right now. What happens when Wayne Descott comes back? What happens when they go get some guy at the deadline? We've talked a lot about how part of the reason everyone has loved Val so much is because he is versatile. You can move him all over the lineup and get whatever you need out of him right now. So it does seem like he might be first in line to get swapped into a different spot here or there. Um, and it, I mean, the confidence just isn't going to stay at this level forever. <laughs> it's impossible for the confidence to be this high all year long, unless you go full Chris Kreider, I guess. But yeah, like you would need to have one of those, one of those types of years where just everything goes your way, but you are right. I mean, he has we're, we're talking about this right now. He's got one 5v5 goal. No, he's got five power play goals, an empty net goal, and then a really dope end-to-end rush. That's yep. his only 5v5 goal. Uh, without the without the 5v5 production picking up, you know, if he if he loses some power play goals and starts to score 5v5, fine. That's a balance that you live with. But until until the 5v5 production really kicks in, um, I would well, say I would say this is definitely fiction for me. But even the uh, the comment in here that says I think Nuke will lead the team in points per game, though, I don't think so. I think that might be power play goals. Oh, I guess that could be. I mean, right now he's got such a good lead. <laughs> uh, it, the the weirdest thing about the power plays development to me is that Rantanen has almost entirely been removed from shooting positions. Yep. They're they're playing him behind the, the goal line now yeah. a lot. And he's great. He's great uh back there. But I it's it's odd to me that development. And you know, Kale doesn't have any. Yep. Uh and and McKinnon like the McKinnon one timer seems to be that thing that he's just going to live with this year. Um after five years of having this great wrist shot that beats goaltenders, uh, he's decided to go more traditional superstar here. Well, so, I mean, I, I think the Rangers game shows exactly why I think it's fiction. How many grade A chances between Miko and Mac in that game? And like, obviously they didn't finish them, but you give them that on any yeah. night with the not Shesterkin in net. And well, especially McKinnon in open ice on yep. multiple occasions, pucks that just kind of squirt to him. And he's got nobody around him, and he doesn't finish any of them. Like, man, it was, uh... yeah, it was was interesting. How about this? Val, highest goal-scoring winger on the Avs. Remove McKinnon from the equation. I still think, I still think. You still think, Miko? He's yeah. competing directly with Miko there. That's okay. That's it's hard to say. I think Val definitely exceeds his personal best in points. I think he has a sixty point season in him, but it's still hard for me to take the added leap of beating out Rantanen in goals. I think Rantanen just gets a little priority uh, if it is going to be a power play unit that's reconstructed a little bit. Hopefully Nuke stays on the top power play unit, but if anything like that changes, I think it's someone like Rantanen who is more likely to stay there 
I I don't think they're taking Miko off the top unit no matter what. Basically, I right. like. Let's let's keep in mind that uh, Miko since his rookie year, he's got a low mark of twenty nine goals. Now he had the one year where he had nineteen, but it was only in forty one games or forty two games. Yeah. He has been over. He's been over thirty every other year. Yep. Alnichushkin has never hit thirty. <laughs> now we had this conversation last night. Like, this is a pretty good start to getting there. He was on. <laughs> he was on that pace last year, and playing in the prominent role that he is. Uh, and to be honest with you, just outplaying Arturi Lekkinen right now, and and showing that he deserves maybe that that burn on the top line. Uh, instead of Lecky at the moment, but uh, could t- could totally be on his way to 30, but to outscore Miko, I think, would be uh, an upset, frankly. Yeah. yeah I... in, in goals and points, I when think it's it all would said be a major done, upset. For sure. Hard agree. Um, all right. What's our next topic? Philadelphia and Ottawa to finish top three in division, New York and Tampa Bay to miss. I'm assuming we're going to do these like individually. Yeah, we can talk about them individually. Okay, because I just, all, of, all of that together is fiction as fuck. <laughs> well, so it was like, it was like, I didn't know where to go because the the division so far, there's so much craziness out east. Sure. Um, you know, where Tampa Bay, Toronto... All out of the are, are all like right now at the bottom yep. of that division. Like again, there's no point separation here. Like two days in the NHL could change this. Yeah. So totally. yeah, I see. I see the comment saying Ottawa might have lost Norris for the year. I made this before that news <laughs> dropped. Un- unfortunate. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> like that was that was just bad timing. Was, I got unlucky on that one, but. Ottawa, I think Ottawa's been interesting this year because they've been fun. Yeah. Like, they have been fun and they've been good. They've got a positive goal differential. They've looked good. Um, I can't say that I uh, remember their schedule off the top of my head of who, the, who all that they've played. But Ottawa was a team that I thought was like, yeah, this is good and fun. Like, I, I like this. Yeah, I... Look, I'll be honest. I think the only one of these I I feel comfortable saying it could be fact is Tampa right now. Well, and like Tampa, so Tampa's three and four to start the season. They've got a negative goal differential. And like what we talked about during our team, our our division preview, uh, I remember saying like I wanted to sell harder on Tampa than I did. Yep but they get the respect because they made three cup finals in a row. <laughs> well, and, and because they're top end talent, they have an elite top line. Yep. They have, uh, they've got three very good defensemen. One of which is a hall of famer and Victor Hedman. And you have Andre Vasilevsky. If you have a hall of famer at each level of your team, you should not be missing the postseason. but you just you, shouldn't. And I mean, you look at it, they have a, lost to Pittsburgh and the New York, which you go, okay, those are two good teams so far this year. Then they have a loss to Philly. They have a loss to the New York Islanders and they have a loss to LA. Good teams other than maybe Philly, but top caliber teams. I don't know. Yeah. Also uh, Tampa Bay uh, 
five five road games and two home games. For sure. So they've been they've been traveling to start the year. It's a tough start. Like that's a that's an you know and, and every year there's going to be teams that have that advantage that disadvantage where they gotta they gotta play uh, on the road a little bit early. But like Tampa Bay also knows the regular season is not when they they like that franchise after the 126 point season or whatever, uh, however many it was, and then they got swept by Columbus. I don't know that this group will ever care about the regular season again. Like the way that yeah, the way that that year went for them, definitely. They true. they may never where they're just like oh slow start for the first month. I, okay, I do think that a slow start is significantly worse in the East though because you look at the top of the East. You have to play Carolina. You have to play Pittsburgh. You have to play Boston. You have to play Florida. There's just more good teams out there that can help bury you a little bit. Well, and but but again, like we're talking about going into uh trying to get into the postseason you know carolina pittsburgh aren't their problem i you mean know, those, they're not competing right. with those guys for a playoff spot not directly it's, but they do play them more the the slow start the slowish start from toronto is a welcome thing for tampa bay yeah because tampa bay has probably got all the confidence in the world that they're not going to have a hard time chasing down detroit buffalo and ottawa and I think Boston's start at six and one has to be one of the bigger surprises that I don't think I had listed. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't know that I'm like like jumping the gun on that. But a six and one start out of Boston, uh, I think is pretty surprising, given the injuries that they had. Uh, still have. I mean, no Marchand and no Charlie McAvoy. Those are two really big pieces of their team. So uh, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, Tampa Bay is just kind of sluggish out of the gate. And we have talked about, like, look, they've they've lost so much off their roster the last couple of years. And, you know, last year they got away with some of it, a 40-point year out of Corey Perry. Like, is that going to happen again? Is Ross Colton going to take a step forward? They gave Nick Paul this huge deal based on what he did after the deadline. Is he, you know... Are all these things gonna gonna break their way? Are they gonna be right in all their evaluations, uh, and and just keep humming right along? I was skeptical at the uh, at the start of the season, and right now I, I remain that way. I I think that they'll get it. I think they'll get it in gear. So ultimately, I'm gonna say fiction. Megan, any any factoids out of those four teams? So I guess I got a little confused on how we were. Because they were all grouped together. So we were talking about who we think is likely to miss. Is that factor or, fiction? Or or make any of those any of those things for those four teams, I would say. I think it is more likely. Ottawa misses than Florida. I don't know. I feel like that's obvious though. Yeah. Ottawa and Philly were the like factor fiction they make. Okay. And they then, make. Okay. And then yeah. Fiction. Okay. And, and then, then factor fiction Tampa and New York miss. Fiction. Full fiction. I still think the Rangers are going to I think I think the Rangers are going to be in a dogfight. I do think they are going to be lower in the division I, than other people may I expect. Just, don't believe in Philly or New Jersey at all. 
New Jersey's the one that I think, because they can just score and score and score, that if they get any reasonable level of goaltending... Yeah, but I don't think they're going to. <laughs> I think Vanacek and Blackwood are okay. Like, I think if they get league average goaltending, I'm curious to see what the Devils are this year. And they're the team, like, I'm obviously writing off Philadelphia and saying, neat, this is fun, I don't think this lasts. Yeah. Um... I also am not, like, insanely surprised by it. I continue to be the guy that buys into the Flyers and looks at their roster and says, I don't know why they're this bad. (laughs) But they've been so dysfunctional, uh, and they've had so many weird injury issues that I I totally bought into the idea of, like, yeah, they're going to be really bad. But if you look at it, they've only scored 17 goals in six games. Yeah. That's not even three a game. Like they and the, the thing is, like they've given up fourteen, so they're just not giving anything up. Uh, and I am absolutely not buying that that is going to continue. Yeah. Uh, so for Philly, I think it's a it's a hard fiction, but uh, the Rangers, I think I'm that's the closest one to fact for me. I am still. <laughs> hating on the Rangers. It's just, I think it's just way easier to believe the missing teams, right? Because it's, it's way easier to keep up a bad start than it is to keep up a hot start. Yeah. Well, especially if you're not a very good team. <laughs> and the I... other thing about the Sens is that I just, I will not buy into that defense being for real. Sorry, Megan, go ahead. That's okay. I was just gonna, it's actually kind of similar to that too. Like, Sens are a team that I think genuinely did get better in the offseason, but I didn't think it was enough to move them significantly in division, just looking at, honestly, the East in general, how competitive it is. And then looking at someone like Tampa, even though they did lose some big assets, I still think they're really strong on paper. And this is a team that's starting the season without one of its good players in Sorelli who's hurt. So I'm just, you know, I'm granting Tampa some allowances for why they've kind of been off to a slow start. Like, I think with each of these teams... You could kind of point to some of these things as that's probably why that's happening. Even with yeah. Colorado, right? Like we know <clears throat> Colorado, no Landeskog helm has kind of harmed them a little bit. Yeah. That, no Landeskog for sure is a big problem for a team. Like, Yep. For the problem with teams in the basement is climbing a couple of steps doesn't get you to the playoffs. You got to climb the whole flight. So, yeah. Well, in, in Ottawa, like, Josh Norris is going to be out for the rest of the year. You know, yep. that's they ever, everybody loves their top six. Right. But it's beyond that. Like their big question as a team was not that part of the roster. And now yep. they have to, they're two weeks into the season and they lose a big part of that top six right off the top. And that really sucks for them. And really oh. it just sucks for the league. Like you want more competitive divisions and more competitive races it's not interesting when your playoff teams are decided by january 1st it's just not it just what it just last year was awful it just was not interesting (laughs) i mean you're also asking a lot out of thomas shabbat on that blue line but yeah that's my whole thing has been like thomas shabbat has to do a lot of heavy lifting and like there are some fine like some fine guys there you know artem zub is like a 
like I think a, an underrated guy league wide. I think he's a salt, really solid player, but I mean, you don't have a real number two there at all. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Anyway, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Pour one out for all the fiction that we have on today's show. No believers. Uh, you can find them at your local liquor store using the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. And we're also brought to you by Hassel Cattle Company. Absolutely delicious meats delivered right to your front door. We use code DNVR20 at HasselCattleCompany.com and you get 20% off your order. They have the world-famous Wagyu beef patties. They also have their sausages, which are absolutely amazing. But you can also get all sorts of other steaks from them, from ribeyes to tomahawks to all sorts of deliciousness. So if you're a meat eater, highly recommend you check out Hassel Cattle Company today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I have, I have no idea what AJ's other uh, factor fictions are, so we're going to find out together, chat. Factor fiction, Rasmus Dahlin wins the Norris. He's been really good to start he's, the year. I mean, he's scoring goals at quite a clip. I yeah, I think he's. For him. <laughs> But does he? I don't mean. That's steep competition. You've got Mo Cider, Byram, Lacar, Adam Fox. Adam Fox, sorry. That's steep competition. Shane Gostisbehere looks great in Arizona this year. What the yeah. hell? Well, like six of those points came against Columbus last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, and like talk about all of your points on the power play. It's like Makar. Makar's got six of his seven points on the power play. Yep. Like some of this defenseman scoring is a little wacky to start the year, but Rasmus Dahlin is dominating even strength and scoring plenty of goals. Looks great. Buffalo's off to a good start. They're fun. They're watchable. Uh, I I'm all. I don't know. I'm going with fact. I love this. I think this is fun. And I think that voters, I think, I think voter fatigue is already going to set in uh, where they're not going to want to give it to Fox or McCarr again. And they're going to want to give it to somebody else, but they're going to want to give it to another great young player. (laughs) Excuse me. And I think that Mo Sider was the big shiny coming in. And Rasmus Dahlin has been like, you guys remember I was drafted first overall, right? So, uh, he's off to that kind of start. I'll go with fact. Rasmus Dahlin wins the Norris. It, it is so fun. It would bode well for Buffalo, generally, and what you can hope for them to develop out of young defensemen to include I, in power. I gotta go fiction. And it's only because we all sit here and we're like, wow, Caleb McCarr has started bad this year. And he's a point-per-game player. <laughs> He's just too powerful. Like even with voter fatigue, I think once Kale McCarr gets gets back on top of his game, the puck starts going in the net for him. I think he's just too good, too good to keep off the off the top of the list. So, I, Darlene's great. I think he probably does win a Norris in his career, but I think we're in the car era this year. <laughs> 
we'll see. I mean, look, I'd much rather it be Darlene than some like one-off crazy year from somebody. How about that? You mean you're not buying the suddenly offensive juggernaut that is Olimata in Detroit? Yeah, I am not. Not on that train. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> P.S. Bowen Byram tied for uh, 11th in defensive and scoring. He'd be fun. He can win it. That's fine. Man, Bowen Byram, could you could you imagine the abs? <laughs> they don't ever have a Norris winner, and then they back-to-back years with a different Two guy. different guys. So that'd be fun. Sets up for Devon Taves to win it next year in a contract <laughs> year. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ultimate top human shit. That would be amazing. <laughs> okay. So this was having Darlene win it or just be yeah. a finalist? No, okay. win it. No I, finalist. I, I, t- All right. <laughs> you can talk yourself into it, I believe. It still feels a little fictiony, <laughs> but I want it to be true. Well, that's the fun part about trying to make strong conclusions after seven games. <laughs> They've played, what, like 8% of the season? And we're like, all right, who's winning awards? I actually do who's love it. making Let's the playoffs? Do more. End the season today. It's fun. Uh, what's next on the docket? <laughs> I think I actually made this one abs related. Oh, sort of. You're fixing I'm obsessed. Craig. So let me let me just explain because I did this at like eight o'clock this morning and I was like Craig Anderson and I'm I'm willing factor fiction on just his general existence. I... Is he real? Yeah. Is Craig Anderson real or is he like birds? Is he a government conspiracy? Has he been replaced by Robo Craig Anderson? Robo Craig Anderson, forty one years old. Yeah, 41 years old, and oh, by the way, has a 970 save percentage. I don't care that it's only in two games. <laughs> Get that ish out of here. It's a 970. So, fact or fiction, Craig Anderson, a live human being with a 970 and will continue to be very good this year or has been replaced by the government and is a robot and will return to Earth. Uh, fiction because when Anderson used to play over in uh, Europe, I think it was during the lockout year, uh, he added an extra S to his name. So it was two Anderson with two S's because he thought it would make the fans like him, like him more. And that is when he was replaced. So, it's been a long time that Craig Anderson has been fiction. <laughs> is this like, is is this like the Avril Lavigne conspiracy? I don't know that Avril Lavigne conspiracy that that she died like fifteen years ago and got replaced by her body double. <laughs> yeah, it's like that for sure. <laughs> There's a, that's a fun conspiracy. There's all kinds of interesting evidence if you really wanted to buy your buy into it <laughs> i like to believe it's true because it's kind of a crazy it's it's kind of it's it's a little it's a little nuts but you know 
I like the idea that Craig Anderson got replaced at one point <laughs> with with a guy who also willingly went by the name Craig Anderson, like the most boring ass white guy name. <laughs> and now he's really good in his forties. It's Tim Thomas two, all over again. Two games. <laughs> yeah, in two games. Yeah. That uh, it's two more games than he was good in last year. So so true, man. <laughs> I, I so none know. of us know what to do with this. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't want to touch it. I was like, it is true that he is. He exists. <laughs> he does exist. Is he real? Not sure. Okay, we've got we've got totally we have a fact. Craig Anderson exists. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're doing good work here today, people. Uh, okay. Craig Anderson exists. <laughs> on that note, head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds. Boost. Don't think you can bet on if Craig Anderson exists. But you can definitely bet on Tampa missing the playoffs or something. Uh, when you use that DNVR code in a new account, you can bet $5 on any NBA team to win their next game. And if they do, you get $200 in free bets, which then you can go play fact or fiction with your betting on DraftKings, however you want. So jump on that one. Uh, go have some fun with DraftKings. It's always a good time to, to throw some bets out there. Uh, if you think Val is fact, go go make some bets on him to win the rocket or something. Got uh, another um, got another Nachuskin one coming up here. Oh God! Okay, uh, you use the DNVR code. Must be twenty one or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call one 4700 and when you make a little bit of money from DraftKings, be sure to check out Game Time. You can go to the link right down in the description of this video. You can get your tickets for up to 60% off for sporting events. Yeah, all the Colorado teams, because, you know, at least the Nuggets and the Avs are fun to watch. But anywhere in the country, any any sporting event, you can get tickets from Game Time. So you don't even have to be local here to Denver. And they have some of the best prices out there, especially if you're patient and wait till closer to Game Time. Uh-huh. Get it? Because it's called Game Time. Game uh, Time! You get some some really great deals. So go check out Game Time today. Again, link down in the description. Help us out when you go through that. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. I If you got more Nachushkin stuff, I don't know what to expect at this point. Oh, Nachushkin wins Selkie. Hmm. This might be closer to fact than some of these others <laughs> have been. It's going to be hard as a wing for Nachushkin to be out the likes of Ryan O'Reilly. And company, yeah. like And company. Pick, pick the top five centers, defensive centers in the NHL, and they all will get natural advantage over... Uh, Nachushkin. I mean, look at how hard it was for Mark Stone. And Mark Stone was playing top line minutes on a franchise that was uh, everybody has been watching uh, in in Vegas now for a couple of years, and uh, was putting up like 
absurd, outrageous, elite defensive metrics. And still still had a hard time getting the kind of support needed. Nachushkin has a good reputation, but so far his on-ice results defensively this year, again, it's only a couple of games, but his defensive uh, on-ice results this year are good. They're not elite. The thing that doesn't bother me about that is a lot of the Selkie is just reputation voting. Um, good news is Ryan O'Reilly is pointless through four games. Bad news is Anze Kopitar and Patrice Bergeron are not. Wow. I do love Bergeron. Yeah, and like... Kopitar, right now, Kopitar's defensive results this year match Nichushkin's. Yeah. And Kopitar would obviously get just the edge because he plays center. Yep. And especially and... if Nichushkin is not on Colorado's top line. Yeah. That is another thing that's going to absolutely hurt him in that in that regard. Um, I want to say this is fact because, like, Val Nichushkin is such a fun story. Uh, people have really leaned into it. The analytics community, he's been like like one of their shining examples of success over the last few years. Yep. Um, I'd like to say it's facts, but there's a lot. Of, he has so much work to do, and he has to he has to overcome a lot of inherent biases. Yep. You know, um, not least of which is the Russian factor, which still exists in the NHL. Still exists in the voting block that 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 votes for awards and so it's uh he's got a lot to overcome with it when it when it comes to well winning uh winning the selkie as a wing there there's a lot of things he needs to do still how many how many wingers have won the selkie ever it's, it can't be many uh i would say in the modern era it's probably a lot lower but back in the day um probably a higher chance when you know, awards were just handed out crazy style. Oh, you're it's... a good player? Have an award. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I'm, lo- I'm looking just out of curiosity. So this is the wannabe fact. Nine. Nine, he says. Uh, it looks like... Golly, this is a lot of centers. <laughs> yeah. Golly. So, Pavel Datsuk. Chris Draper won it. <laughs> Did he play Disgusting. defense that year? Ugh. <laughs> Yuri Lettinen, John Madden. John Madden won it? That's I'm crazy. Just, I'm disgusted looking at this list. I'm out. <laughs> anyway. I hate this award. I'll be the downer and say it's fiction again, just because I think the Selkie is the biggest reputation award in the league. It is extremely difficult. Uh, Anybody that thinks it's easy to vote on this stuff, it is extremely difficult to say, okay, I am voting on the best defensive forward in the NHL. You have to, if you're going to take your job seriously, you have to go through like 400 guys. And take a look. You gotta whittle well, it down between their 
re- their their reputation, their results, their role. That's their the position. Like, the hard part for me. Like, how do you balance a fourth line guy versus a top line guy? Because their quality of competition is worse. But also, like a dude like Logan O'Connor so far this year is giving up nothing on the defensive side. For me, my personal opinion is that I would not be open to the idea of giving it to anybody that does not play in the top six. I, I tend to agree, but everyone for has me. to come to that decision for on their own. Like, yeah. Everybody's going to have their own way of kind of valuing that. Um, but I would just say that it, 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 well, and, and that's one I will. It is nice now that we have things that do measure quality of competition for sure so that we can get an idea of that. You know, what what is a player looking at uh, in terms of that role? And because if you are if you are a guy that, you know, oh, you're in the 12th percentile of quality of competition, I'm not giving you a selkie vote. I don't care if you haven't been on the ice for an entire goal all goddamn season. When if you're Matt not Yetta's playing the guy against, shooting, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're not playing against the t- against top competition and you're shutting them down, it's bullshit. Get that out of here. You have to play top competition and have top results, and then you start to get into, you know, then then you start to get into. Okay, he's a center. He's a wing. Oh, does he score enough points for this? Because scoring points has become this weird like. It's it's like look, you just have to be good enough. We're not giving it to Chris Draper or John Madden you don't get ever at least again. Like fifty points, you're not even considered. Yeah. yeah, if you're not if you're not scoring those types of points, then you know, Abs PK might have to get better for Nuke to get the credit. We'll see. Well, and if it does, and he's on it, yeah, he becomes the reason. <laughs> uh, okay. How many more we got? I think I only had one or two more after this. Okay. We're, we're about on schedule then. This is AJ's last one, by the way. Cool. One more then. And I don't remember it. Yes! <laughs> Factor fiction. Biggest disaster. The Vancouver Canucks. Is this is this the biggest letdown? Is this like maybe the worst situation in the NHL to be in for a franchise? Because if you look at the the bottom of the standings, you have a bunch of teams that are tanking, and I, I say bottom of the standings, but like bottom of the league. You've got Anaheim and Vancouver and San Jose and Arizona, and we expect Chicago will be there, and you know Philadelphia will get involved in it, and you know Montreal Montreal is off to just an okay enough start. Columbus is off to a slow start despite the off-season additions. But Vancouver is capped out, not drowning uh, in high-end prospects, not drowning in draft picks, and is 0-5-2 to start the season. Is this the worst situation in the NHL? Hard fact. Not just because they started terribly, which they have. Brock Besser. Just got put on IR. Curtis Lazar just got put on IR. Quinn Hughes on IR. Tucker Pullman long term IR. Is it not driving home the fact that maybe this team just isn't very good to begin with? That you mentioned Tucker Pullman and Curtis Lazar like they're important players. 
Yep. And they've just, everything that can go wrong has gone wrong to start the season for them. It's already going to be so difficult for them to get back to even the playoff picture in the Pacific. Mm -hmm. Uh, And beyond that, with an implosion of a year, they just committed an insane contract to JT Miller. They have Connor Garland for the next four years. They have Ilya McKayev for the next four years. They're locked into a bunch of stuff for a team that might actually just be bad. It's just the way you said that. (laughs) (laughs) It feels feels like the worst spot to be in in the NHL right now. You know, the rebuilding teams are there purposely. Yep. They are in cap hell. Yeah. Yep. They're capped out. I'm just looking at prospects now. That shouldn't take long. (laughs) There is not a lot there that gets you excited. Wow. Big concern. Like Thatcher Demko should be better. I think him being him not playing very well to start the year has been a problem, but it shouldn't be this level of a problem. Yep. The only good news for him is they still have all their firsts. Yeah, I mean, look, if they back their way into one of the top three guys in this draft class, yeah, it obviously helps change their future. Definitely. But I think the fear is that they have too much talent on the team uh, versus the other teams that are hard tanking. And like, what is Chicago? Chicago could do whatever to, to, to win a couple of games right now, but when they trade Kane and Taves before the deadline... They're really going to struggle I mean, to ice NHLers. I think we all know Chicago's fiction. <laughs> yeah, which is which is why I did not have them on here is because yeah. it was like that's honest. Yeah, that's what makes the Canucks kind of the upset is the unexpected implosion. Yeah, I again, I just don't know how they dig themselves out. Vegas looks really good. Calgary is as good as expected. L.A. Solid Edmonton Valley, Edmonton. Like yep. Yeah, it's it's where you're like, okay, can they can they catch Anaheim and San Jose? Obviously, but that doesn't get them in the playoffs. Give Anaheim more credit. I'm just kidding. I don't. They look bad. They're they not look looking bad. They're not starting as as I hoped. I wanted to believe in them too, but it's not been pretty. The proof is in putting. See, you you guys were the suckers who bit on Anaheim. I'm the sucker who bit on Vancouver. <laughs> Logan Thompson, Vegas starting goaltender. Fact or yeah. fiction? Fiction. Aiden Hill's taking that job from him. <laughs> You're an Aiden Hill believer, huh? Do I have to say it? <laughs> yeah, you do. He's on my fantasy team. Of course, I'm an yeah. Hill believer. Yeah, there it is. I forgot you just straight punted on goalies this year. Yeah, I straight punted on goalies, and I ended up with Boston starting goaltender and Linus Olmark and Aiden Hill. Out, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm like, 
I'm not even doing this shit on purpose. <laughs> I will tell you, losing in week two because James Reimer got a shutout was a bad feels. <laughs> it's one of those reminders that fantasy sports are fucking stupid. Anyway, um, I think Vancouver's in the worst situation in the NHL. I think that's fact. Yep. Uh, I I think that that's fact, but there are some starts that I think I am I would be super worried about if I was fans of those teams: Nashville, Minnesota, and the Islanders. Now, the Islanders I picked to finish seventh in their division, so I can't say I'm super surprised <laughs> here. But Nashville and Minnesota, the starts that they have had, I think the big surprise for me personally, no shock that Nashville's goal scoring has struggled. Yeah. No shock there. But the fact that UC Soros has been pedestrian. Not good. Yeah. Uh, and then the level of bad that Minnesota's goaltending was through the first, like, five games. Like, you're averaging, like, five and a half goals against? What the hell? I, yeah, I think Minnesota is in a real bad spot. Their wins are an overtime win over Vancouver, the only winless team in the league, and a win over Montreal. Which came last night. Yeah. And it was I, probably I, the first time that Wild fans got to feel good about their team this year because they just took care of business. Like serious serious concerns there. I personally I, would also be pretty concerned if I was Columbus. I I didn't include Columbus simply because I don't think that the expectations were there this year because Kent Johnson is a rookie because Sillinger is going into his second year, um, you know, and then they lost, they lose line a like immediately to start the season. I think that Columbus's expectations this year were still not this year, but next is when we really take the, like when we get back into it. Also, even if you were the biggest Mark Andre Fleury hater in the world, I don't feel like anybody saw this start coming. It's sevens dropped on his head. Yeah, right. Like you're giving up seven goals uh, in the first game, and I don't even know where he's at now. But it was it, it was just so many goals the first week of the season. He hasn't. He has an 869 and a 4.3 goals against average. I'm sorry, but not even the biggest hater in the world saw that shit coming through five games. Yeah, that's just poor goaltending. Minnesota's that's... not defensively. I mean, Philip Gustafson has a 860 save percentage. So between those two guys, you're like, that's really, really, really bad. But also, like, if you go and look at, at where Minnesota is getting their offense from, Matt Zuccarello, Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy, all that was expected. But Kaylin right. Addison, a revelation. Well, this oh. is going back to the goalie stuff. This is why I'm afraid for Columbus, too. Elvis has started the year terribly. Yes, he has. And they're like that's that's it. They don't have Corpusalo back there anymore to to bail them out. It's Elvis. End of list. Anybody uh, super surprised that thirty four goal scorer Ryan Hartman has zero so far this year? <laughs> no. Freddie Gaudreau. 
Zero goals, one assist. Megan, any fact or fictions out there for you that we didn't touch on? No. I did want it, the Logan Thompson one because I was very Logan Thompson is a starting goaltender. And it was controversial at one point. But I feel like, is it controversial anymore? The second Robin Leonard's healthy, it becomes controversial again. But that's a long way off, so... Well, and you see the way that these these goalies are. Uh, you wonder, like, if when Robin Leonard do, does get healthy, like at the end of the year, and Vegas is in another capped out situation where they can't do anything, is Robin Leonard next on the list of guys that they trade for a conditional pick or future considerations <laughs> that doesn't exist? Yeah. Like Robin Leonard, Minnesota Wild, coming up on July first. Ooh, Donnie, that's a. Solution. <laughs> Why do that when you can just have someone have bone surgery? It's fine. I'm a big fan of bone surgery. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Denton Heinen. <laughs> 30 goal season. <laughs> How many does he have so far? Three. Okay. 30's ambitious. I don't I don't. I don't know how many goals he has. I don't know how I don't either. Uh, I was totally just making that up. Three, you're correct. Okay. (laughs) I know he had at least one. Uh, I I do have one more, and then we'll get out of here. Pittsburgh, legit contender. Yes, I think Pittsburgh is super for real. I think their goaltending is fine, Uh, but I think the upgrades that they made on defense, specifically Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie is one of those guys who was wildly underrated until last year when he was in Montreal and didn't want to be there and very clearly was not trying very hard. And Montreal was desperate to get rid of him, but because of his age and his salary, you know, he's what, 34, making $6 million. uh, The trade market for him just was not there because the teams didn't really have the money. But Jeff Petrie proving he can still play a little bit, uh, I think was a really, really important addition to that defense. And, all the moves that they made to remake that defense. Because you remember, it was it was John Marino and Mike Matheson, Justin Schultz. Like, they got, they, like, redid, like, half their defense. Yep. And that remade version of it looks like it can actually play a little bit. And they, they are getting really good. Uh, they are getting good contributions out of, you know, the, the Rusts and the Gensels and the Danton Heinens. And, you know, you've got... Crosby and Malkin doing their thing, but their supporting cast around them looks really good. Jason Zucker looks really good. Damn, Jeff Jeff Carter is, old Jeff Carter just trucking right along, man. Dude, Jeff Jeff Carter loves fucking Welch's fruit snacks. Loves them. <laughs> and you have to respect that about a man. So, you know, like I'm I'm in I'm fact. Fact on pens being really good. Anytime your 3C is outwardly a huge fan of Welch's fruit snacks, you respect. They are a cup contender. Take notes, Ben Myers. They've got two Denver Pioneers. They're a cup contender. <laughs> it only takes two? That's enough? Yeah, I mean, honestly, ben... it only takes one. Logan O'Connor, come on. Ben, ben Myers knows Next. what he needs to do. He needs some, some fruit, fruit snacks. snacks. Yeah. Yep. I... I though actually on a serious note that the depth in that forward group is 
really impressive and something I hope the apps can emulate. And I think they will, honestly, when guys get healthy. We'll start to see a little bit more of how that depth is actually supposed to play out. Yeah, I, I mean, it's starting to come, right? You're getting some from Erod. Newhook feels like he's teetering on the edge of massive success. It just hasn't quite tipped over yet. Um, yeah, third, fourth lines, we'll see. Probably kind of waiting for Landy to get back to really see that kick into high gear, but... Yeah, it's really it's really weird where the abs are with the whole Landeskog thing where it's like they have this very, very important top six player coming to really help shore up um, this depth issue that they have. So it's like they don't really need to make a big move, but also if those guys don't get better and really start to produce at the way that you need them to, like you might need to go out and get a Band-Aid there for a little while because it's 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 just tough. I, I, I think it's just tough. Um, if he follows, gets claimed. Fact or fiction? Oh, fiction. Please, please be fiction. fiction. He's so bad. Uh, no, again, yeah, sorry, though. Someone. Sorry, I meant to clarify. Not by the ads. Don't think he's a fan in Colorado. I think someone takes him. I think it's fiction because I think he's proven that he just can't play the all-around game. That the shot alone isn't good enough. The physicality alone isn't good enough. Uh, they're just not. They're just not good enough. Uh, his all-around game just isn't good enough. Uh, and and his what he does well, he doesn't do well enough to make up for that. He's one of those guys that I think is stuck in hockey purgatory, where he needs to be in a top six role because his skill set will play there, but he's just not quite good enough at the other things to deserve the top six role. And those guys rarely ever develop the all-around games to stick, which sucks because that guy could shoot a fucking puck. He's Charles Udon. I was going to say, who other? Who else is in <laughs> hockey purgatory? Because that makes, it springs to mind a few names. But uh, For me, I think Arthur Kaliev will end up on that list when it all is said and done. Um, the fact that LA doesn't have better forwards to put in front of him is just a thing that continues to happen. But the more that I watch of Kaliev, the less impressed that I am, the less I believe he's a long-term uh, NHL player. And he is a big dude. No interest in using his size to his advantage to play a power game. If he played a power game, Arthur Arthur Kaliev could have could have really been somebody. That I really with a great uh, shot. I mean, it, I was thinking more like Tom Wilson, honestly. Like sure. he's got that kind of body that he could have that kind of impact on games with his physicality, uh, if he played with that kind of level of aggression and could be a fifty-five point guy, he could be a twenty goal scorer easily with his shot. And and I just don't think that um I for me, I think he's a he's a and honestly on the same team, Quentin Byfield, I just don't think is there. Yeah, the Byfield um, struggles are starting to get concerning. The tough one. So, Was it launched too soon for Quentin Byfield? It might be. It's always really tough with those guys because you can't it's really hard to resist the temptation. Um Byfield almost seems like the opposite to me. Byfield seems like the kid who is like, I'm just larger than everyone in juniors, and this is yeah. fine. And then he gets into the NHL, and it's like, oh, these are big, grown men. 
and I can't just bully them. <laughs> it was definitely when you watched him in the OHL, and then when you watched him go to international competitions against high play, high level players, and all of a sudden he disappeared. It was certainly cause for concern, um, and now I think that that those concerns have been have borne fruit so far in his career. So he was also he was still so raw, and then just those guys losing some of the years of development that they did with all the COVID stuff. Like we could see some late bloomers come out of that group of prospects because of that. I mean, on the flip side, you're into year four of Gabe Velarde and he finally looks legit. So, well, some of that is health, right? Yeah, absolutely. Most of it is health. Like when you have like a major back problem as an 18 year old and you have to work your way back, you miss so much time and then you you haven't played hockey, and now you're playing at this really high level, and you're whew, there's a lot there for for him to overcome. Good player, though. I mean, he is a good player. I'm, um, I, I think he's he's fine on that 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 third line, but um, his skating stride should be illegal. But he's a good player. Yeah, he still <laughs> looks he still looks like he's riding a bike. So. Uh, okay. Anyway, we're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate <laughs> this, this hockey purgatory question is going to like plague yeah. me for the rest of the day. When Thank AJ you. I thought I was going to have a nice at day. 3 a.m. this morning about hockey purgatory. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I tweet about Anthony Mantha or, or uh, yeah, I hate <laughs> what uh, Philip Zadina. There's another one. That is big time hockey purgatory right there. Yeah. Hockey purgatory guy. Uh, anyway, we're going to get out of here before Megan starts crying with that face. Yeah. I'm going to free them all. (laughs) Hey, look at that. Just in time for the porn bots. We appreciate all of y'all. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We are out of here for today. Same time, same place tomorrow. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. We'll be back for you. Uh, Until then, we'll talk to you later. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.